Well, grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been reading through the book of 1 Peter. And last week, in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter said to us, Stop eating the spiritual junk food and start eating what is good for you spiritually. Leave behind all malice and deceit and envy and slander and instead cling to the salvation that Jesus Christ alone gives to you. Leave behind what is bad for you and cling to what is good. Now, why did he tell us to do that? It's for this purpose that we'll be talking about today. Because what you eat changes you. What you eat transforms you. What you eat fuels you. If you're an endurance athlete, you eat in such a way that you have sustained fuel in your body so that you can endure what is ahead. Peter is encouraging us in that same vein to eat spiritually what is good for us the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ and all the gifts he gives to us so that we can endure the inevitable suffering that we will face in this world. This is where Peter is driving the conversation today as we enter into 1 Peter chapter 3. Are you ready, he's saying, are you ready to be prepared for all that the world will throw at you? Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. We just sang that hymn, Have no fear, little flock. Those were words based in Luke chapter 12, words from Jesus to his disciples after encouraging them not to fear or worry or be anxious about anything, but to have no fear. And Peter, in a similar vein, repeats those words of Jesus to his hearers. You don't have anything to be afraid of. You don't need to fear those who persecute you, nor do you need to fear any of the troubles that will come your way in this life. Because, he says, instead of fearing... In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Peter is saying, keep Jesus Christ in your heart. Keep him close to you. Keep him within you as he promises to be. Keep him within you in the center of your life. In order that, he continues on at the end of verse 15, in order that you can always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Keep Christ. Keep Christ close to you. Keep Christ in the center of your life in order that when the inevitable suffering in this world comes your way, that that you won't have to think about where your hope is, that it will just be. And that you won't have to think about how you will respond to the suffering. It will just come. 
out of your lips and out of your tongue, the hope of Jesus Christ ought to flow seamlessly from you. Peter is saying, you need to be prepared for this. And if you're not prepared, get prepared. You need to live prepared. To live in living hope in the midst of the suffering of this life. Because if you're not prepared, you will panic. Let me say that again. If you're not prepared, you will panic. If you're not prepared for what is to come when that inevitable suffering comes, what will happen? You'll panic and you'll shut down and you'll go, where is my hope? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? But if you're prepared, the hope that is in you will flow through you. Why do you think that the military prepares so heavily? The military practices and practices and rehearses and rehearses so that when they get into a combat situation, they don't have to think twice. They just do what they've been trained to do. They practice and practice and rehearse and rehearse so that they are prepared. And even the military knows that they can't prepare for every single possible situation that might come, but being prepared enough allows them even to adapt when situations change and they don't need to panic because they are prepared. I mean, you could apply that same sort of logic and example to anything that people become proficient in, whether it be sports or music or art or your job, whatever it might be. If you do something enough, if you prepare and practice and experience over and over again, you will be prepared for what comes your way. So Peter is asking us, is hope in Jesus so much a part of your life? Are you prepared? Are you always living and thinking about this fact that Jesus rose from the dead And therefore, Jesus, according to his promise, will come again and make all things new. Therefore, we have nothing to fear. Is that how you live? Is that how your mind operates when it faces unknown and uncertain situations, including human suffering? Are you prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you? Our Old Testament lesson that was read today from Acts chapter 7 detailed the end of the life of Stephen. According to the book of Acts, Stephen was the very first Christian who was martyred for his Christian faith. If you've never read Acts chapter 7 before, I'd encourage you to read it because if you've ever thought to yourself, what was the whole point of the Old Testament and how did that work out? Like, can't I get a Cliff Notes version of all of those years and how they uh, line up and are fulfilled in Christ? Well, you asked and Acts chapter 7 gives you that, all right? So Stephen gives this long sermon in Acts chapter 7, all about the culmination, the fulfillment of the resurrection of Jesus. And after This bold message, the people pick up rocks and they throw them at Stephen until he breathes his last. But 
as Stephen is there suffering and dying an excruciating death, Stephen echoes the words that Jesus spoke in his last breaths from the cross. Stephen, these were his last words. Stephen said, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he went on to say, falling to his knees, he cried out in this loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And when, Jesus had, or when, when Stephen had said this, when Stephen had said this, he fell asleep. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Stephen, there in his dying breaths, offered forgiveness and commended his life into the hands of his loving God. He didn't curse those who persecuted them. He asked for forgiveness for them. Are you ready, Christian brothers and sisters, to give that same sort of hope in the midst of your time of suffering? The early Christians, they understood this really well as they faced harsh persecutions for their Christian faith. But what they learned was that when they suffered like Jesus suffered, and when they followed the example of Christ's suffering humbly, they recognized that that often was the best and most powerful witness to Christ in the midst of this world. Peter wrote these words in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us back to God. Jesus suffered for us. Jesus suffered for us. Jesus gave up everything so that we can have everything. Jesus, who was righteous, gave up his life for us, the unrighteous. And it wasn't easy for him. He suffered, and he bled, and he died. Yeah, we know that Jesus is God, and he can do anything that he wants, yet Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It wasn't easy for him. But this is what love does. Love endures. Love endures. You know, it's just like we celebrate mothers today. Being a mom isn't easy. We, we watched that video at the beginning of the service today, and it might have been all too realistic for some of you moms watching that, but being a mom is not easy, yet you do it anyways. It's not always fun. Some of you might even say it's long-suffering, yet you do it because you love. You love your children and love endures. This is what love does. So when we are aligned with Christ, when we are aligned in Christ, we keep Christ in the center of our lives. And when Christ is in the center of our lives, we then have the opportunity to rehearse the hope that is in us. We can rehearse the hope that is in us. We can be prepared to speak the hope that is in us. So how do we rehearse that hope that is in us? How do we put it into practice? I want to give you a practical example. 
a practical thing that you can do. I would encourage you after the service is over, grab a piece of paper, a pen, a pencil, and, and write down write down something that you would be able to read maybe in three to five minutes explaining why it is that you have hope in Jesus Christ. Why do you have hope in Jesus Christ? How has Jesus seen you through your time of suffering? Write it down and then read it. And then read it again. And then rehearse it and practice it and then speak it. To somebody in your family and then read it again and speak it again and post it somewhere where you can see it. Why? So that you can have the hope of Jesus Christ not only in your head, not only in your heart, but on your lips so that when the inevitable suffering in this life comes, you will be prepared to speak about Christ and you won't panic. For the past two weeks at our church here, we've been praying for a member of our congregation who has been in her last days of life, Elaine Lampinen. For the last 17 days, her family had the news from her care facility that she was in her last days of life. Elaine finally passed away yesterday evening and Her family was with her, thankfully. Uh, Elaine's daughter, for those of you who know, is Sherry Blust, and Sherry's husband is Greg Blust, and with their permission, I'm telling you this story today. Normally, in normal circumstances, over these last 17 days, I would have visited this care facility multiple times and been there with Greg and Sherry and Elaine, but I wasn't able to do that, and family understood. And so Greg, each day after visiting, would send me an email update about how Elaine was doing. And, you know, Elaine was such a faithful woman. I actually remember right where she sat here in this church for many years. And those of you who, you know, lived life as members of this church at the old church probably knew where she sat there faithful in the word, faithful in her life, and she was a a simple woman. She loved to keep life simple and see God's beauty in the simple things like watching the birds or taking in the beauty of the wildflowers. And we have a lot to learn from Elaine and how she lived in her last days of life. In Greg's email update to me this last Wednesday, he shared with me about how Elaine was getting weaker and weaker by the day. And each day she was talking less and less. But on Wednesday, she hardly said a word until it was time for Greg and Sherry uh, to start leaving towards the end of their visit. Elaine spoke very, very clearly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sure Elaine had heard and said those words many times in her life, especially at Easter. Hallelujah! I'm not sure if she knew the Hebrew literal meaning behind that word, but it means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Elaine there was praising 
the Lord. Well, she didn't die on Wednesday, and she didn't die on Thursday, but Greg told me in his email update to me on Thursday that as they were waiting for their time to go into the care facility, he and Sherry were sitting in their car and the carol on bells at the neighboring church started ringing out with that familiar Easter hymn, Jesus Christ is risen today, hallelujah. Those words of hope and the resurrection of Jesus echoed in their minds and in their hope as they entered into that room once again to be beside their mom. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Even at death's door, we praise the Lord because Christ is risen. Giving a reason for the hope that is in you, it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to write down a doctoral dissertation or a thesis paper about what the hope in Jesus means to you. Stephen, as he's being martyred, just simply spoke Into your hands, Lord, I give my spirit. Forgive them. Jesus simply spoke as he's enduring the cross. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, forgive them. Elaine, on her deathbed, clearly and simply spoke, Hallelujah. What will you say? What story will you tell? when you face the inevitable suffering in this life? Are you prepared? Is hope in your heart and ever on your lips? Is this the story that we are telling, my Christian brothers and sisters? Man, there is a lot of spiritual junk food being consumed in this world right now, even by us. And it is so tempting to taste it and eat it and get angry and frustrated and worried. Put it aside. Throw it away. We don't need it. What we need is the salvation that has been accomplished for us in Jesus Christ. There is hope for a better day. It is coming soon. Christ is alive. Hallelujah. What more do you want? Rest in his hope. Let it be our story. Jesus rose from the dead. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Will you please proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light? This is the story we have to tell right now loud and clear, bold and truthfully for this world needs to hear it. We don't need the junk. Set it aside. Fill your minds with Jesus. Fill your hearts with hope. Not just for you, but for the world. So that when they see you and hear you and watch you suffer in the way that Christ suffered, they will glorify God on the day of visitation. May you be prepared always to give a reason for the hope that is in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.